Does your student struggle with handwriting? This is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where my guest will help us with handwriting. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author. And this is the podcast helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers, before we dive into the topic, I want to thank CTC Math for sponsoring the podcast. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old School House Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. CTC Math uses a multi-sensory approach of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. This three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And those who are doing just okay are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. I wish I'd had Sarah's help when my kids had a hard time with handwriting. Sarah joined me for a previous episode on occupational therapy. I'll put the link in the show notes. Sarah is an occupational therapist with a background in both pediatrics and home health and a homeschooling parent. Sarah was first introduced to homeschooling in 2016 while working as an OT in a client's home. She was amazed at the learning atmosphere and opportunities within the home. Now, as an OT homeschooling her own family, she noticed that parents, though experts on their own children, were invariably asking the same questions and needed resources. As a result, Collins Academy Therapy Services was established with the dual purpose of educating parents on how to create homeschools specifically designed for students' needs and training occupational therapists to best serve the homeschool community, together guiding children towards their specific purpose in life. You can play our interview for your kids and see how many different sounds besides our voices they can recognize. It became comical, but I don't think it was too distracting. Sarah, thanks so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show again. Can you fill us in on what has been happening with you since we last spoke? Ah, absolutely. And thank you for having me again. I um, I really enjoy this public speaking and um, just kind of getting the word out is one of my very, very, very favorite things. I love occupational therapy and homeschooling. So talking about it together just really makes me 
kind of a little happier than it should, I think. <laughs> um, so since the last time we talked, um, we are getting ready to start our sixth year homeschooling. So this is our first time doing high school. My daughter's going into ninth grade. So we are doing that. And my youngest is going into, um, I would say, you know how we don't really know grades between first and second somewhere on there so he's really kind of rolling with us now and then my middle son is starting middle school so it's kind of a, a year of big big things happening for all of my kids well um that is fantastic i know it is really fantastic professionally um it has been a summer of really great things i've got we, I just ran the, my most recent focus group, which was all on executive functioning and fantastic. I'm getting ready to start um, handwriting. So hence part of the reason why we're talking about this, it's a topic I know a lot of people question with their, their own children and what even is the need for handwriting. So that's you know, why I'm here. Right, and so since you mentioned that, we can jump right in, but I do want to acknowledge that you are talking to me straight from your real life. And so <laughs> yes. we can hear some wind because you're outside. Uh, yes, I can hear yes. your sweet little chickens. We had chickens <laughs> when I was a kid. So I'm used to that sound. So some chickens and we have some piano practice going on yes, in the background so actually- too outside because I thought it would make it so the piano would not be so abrasive <laughs> because it is a six-year-old playing the piano. So it's not like Beethoven playing the piano. It is my six-year-old. Hence, I came outside and yes, instead we have wind and chickens and still the piano. <laughs> well, it are. is it is real life and it is real so life. it is real life homeschooling working mother here we Yes, <laughs> we are going with it. So, well, you mentioned something about my very first question because we are talking about handwriting mm-hmm. today. And so I think some of the homeschool moms listening to us may be wondering if a focus on handwriting is even still important with the dictation software Mm -hmm. and tools that we have available to us and the fact that we text and type, you know, we keyboard so Mm -hmm. much of our communication. So is it still an important skill that we should focus on? So it's a very interesting question. Um, Research shows that when we are using handwriting and using pairing anything with a motor skill, than the more of our brain that we're using. So, and typing isn't necessarily the same thing because you're not writing a K is different than an L. You know, you're not writing having a different movement. So in that basis, knowing your child and knowing how your child learns helps to make that decision for you. So if your child is a kinesthetic learner, handwriting is important, you know, because we are, when they're little, we're moving all over the place and they're allowed to bounce on a ball and jump on a trampoline. And I don't care what they're doing. They're moving frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, As time goes on and you move into a workplace or you move into a college lecturer or you move into, I, I mean, even in Sunday school or at a sermon or places where you cannot really move, 
if you are not an auditory or visual learner, you need that kinesthetic approach, you need to be able to write. I'm a mm -hmm. prime example of that. Um, I, sitting in a class, I get nothing <laughs> unless I am writing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, even at church on Sundays, if I'm not taking notes, then I'm drifting and thinking about what I need to get at the grocery store later and who else, because I'm not focused. Mm -hmm. So if you know your child is a kinesthetic learner, it is really important to be working on handwriting with them. Mm -hmm. Now, if your child is an auditory or a visual learner, um, having some basic skills to be able to fill out a form if necessary, um, to be able to jot a note really quickly perhaps is necessary, but writing really long things, probably not. You know, mm -hmm. So it's really just thinking about your kid in your environment and also kind of what you project, you know, for their future environments. We, we can't know that for sure, but we could probably know that, well, you know, they're not going to be writing, you know, long essays or something. We mm -hmm. might know that. Actually, mm -hmm. who is writing long essays? <laughs> the, <laughs> right. The handwriting. Not very right. many people. But mm -hmm. you can, so you can, can kind of project somewhat of what their needs are going to be in the future. So it's considerations. Every person and environment are going to be different. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to say that surprisingly, there are some college professors who will not allow students to have a computer, a laptop mm -hmm. with them, mm -hmm. or another tool that would enable them to type notes. So yeah. in that case, the students are still having to take handwritten notes. Written notes. Um, it's been you know, really interesting. Yeah. I think that pendulum has kind of swung one way. Mm -hmm. Where, From what I've heard from a number of uh, friends who are college professors or in that academia, that they had ended up seeing so much, one, cheating, and two, mm. people not paying any attention to what they were doing mm. um, or saying, that they're kind of saying, get the devices out. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. not doing that. Mm -hmm. um, now, if that is a situation and you know that your child isn't going to be able to handle that, um, as of now, there are two options I can tell you. Number one would be to work through the vocational rehab because if we need to be able to make ad adaptations or accommodations, that's the way that we would go. Most college campuses have a department for that. Um, documentation, even now, at, you know, if your kids are young, um, starting that, kind of having a paper trail to prove that you're not just now they're 18 and you're saying, oh, mm -hmm. that, that's not going to be possible for my child. But really thinking about it, even testing or early age would help with that later on. Um, the other is to look at optional assistive technology. So there's something called the Live Scribe Pen that I talk to with a lot of families. And what that is, is you can kind of scribble. I'm showing you with my hands like you can see me. <laughs> um, you can scribble, you can doodle, you can whatever it is that you're making, and it will record what someone is saying at that moment. So then later on, you move on to it. You know, you're talking about, I don't know, um, Beethoven, we mentioned that earlier, talking about Beethoven. So maybe they're drawing a piano here. And then later on, and you start talking about the instruments that are used in the orchestra, maybe they doodle a violin or draw a V or something. And so they could remember, have that visual cue to remind them of what 
the professor was talking about at that point and then put their pin on it it would replay mm-hmm. so that is some great technology that is helpful and not disruptive and most of the time follows those same rules that you mm-hmm. know the no screen rule right right and i have used a live scribe pen yeah. and i have recommended it to dyslexic students yes that yes. i know mm-hmm. uh-huh. oh i love it it is yes yeah, it is a really good thing one of the in my one of the focus groups now what when i do a focus group or when i'm mentioning that we take one month and really delve into a topic and so handwriting is going to be coming up and we really talk about all of the underlying skills for handwriting and then we talk about um the different types of dysgraphia and what does that mean we'll talk about different programs and then our last week we talk about um assistive technology and i have a person from um she lives in new hampshire and she knows all of the up and coming, you know, new assistive technology. And she always talks about the LiveScribe pen. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Well, fantastic. Well, mm-hmm. let's then move on to talking more in depth about those students who struggle mm-hmm. with handwriting. Mm-hmm. Why do they struggle? Yeah, so it's really interesting because there are so many different underlying skills that you need to be able to use or to do handwriting, to write would be the verb that I'm looking for here, (laughs) to actually handwrite. Um, I do just want to give a a little background. This is near and dear to my heart on two different sides. Um, One, because I just, I'm an occupational therapist. Handwriting has always been kind of one of the things that we are known for um, because it is an occupation. Mm -hmm. Occupation is something that a person needs and wants to do in their life. And so most of the time in schools, that is one occupation and it's one that a lot of children struggle with. So we spend a lot of time throughout school, OT school going through it. I also have done some stuff afterwards. And actually it was at a handwriting without tears workshop that someone first said to me, really, there's someone, there's a lot of people in the homeschool world that really could benefit from an occupational therapist ask questions to. So, so many different sides, you know, from the OT side. Personally, my middle son has visual spatial dysgraphia. Um, He was born prematurely and he really, once we he went to public school for a little bit, all of kindergarten, and then we moved, and that's when he came home. Um, and my daughter was third grade at that point, and my youngest son was one, <laughs> so he doesn't know any different. Um, and I was working really hard on trying to get my middle son to read, and he could not, for the life of him, follow along. And he said to me one day, he's like, Mom, how am I supposed to read when the words on the page are moving? And I was like, buddy, they're not moving. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not happening. But at that point, we realized that, that mm. a lot of his struggle came actually with his eyes um, and his eyes not converging. So coming together to follow something and visual scanning really. Um, so to move from left to right across a page, really difficult for him. His eye muscles were just not developed. Then because of that, so because his muscles were weak, um, he also really struggled with sensory processing. Um, You know, seeing things from your environment is very confusing when you're not perceiving them correctly or what is really happening. So um, there's also a big link between your eyes and your auditory system, your vestibular system. They're all very closely related. So at that point, 
we were having a hard time with him being able to regulate his body and um, to even be able to sit for a certain period of time to practice to read and write. And I am not big on, you don't have to sit to learn, but when you are trying to write something, you need to be stable with mm -hmm. your body, right? Right, right. Um, we could get into that later. There's lots of different ways to do it. But because of his eyes, we had he had a harder time learning to write as well. Um, so that's the visual spatial dysgraphia. Um, it's different than fine motor skills or core strength or anything like that. It's different than, you know, a motor dysgraphia, but that is where it came from. So I have a love for it on the OT side and very personal um, mm -hmm. dealing with it within my own home as well. So both the homeschool and the occupational therapy side. So um, with that said, I kind of mentioned a little bit about there are several different things that can cause a problem with writing. Um, so we just talked a little bit about the eyes and that's the visual spatial dysgraphia. Um, it can be a strength and coordination, so more of a motor dysgraphia coordination. Um, Believe it or not, you know, anytime that I see something on Facebook about someone asking about handwriting or Instagram, social media at all, um, people are always like, play with putty, do things with your fingers. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but in the OT world, we say um, core stability brings distal mobility. Um, and what that means is basically we need to have enough strength in our core and our shoulders to be able to hold them straight and then allow eventually, I mean, even through the arms and through the wrist, then we'll finally allow that wrist to move, to have that mobility that you need to write. So it's not necessarily that we need to start with, you know, digging something out of rice, but we need to start with um, starting with vertical surfaces, trying to build up strength here in the core, through the shoulders. So that's actually where we started a lot with my son is I started working on having things in front of him. Um, I called it bath math at that point. We would put my, my youngest son in the bath because that way he would be nice and contained. Remember, he was one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we would put on the bathroom mirror is where I would write up his math problems. So they're right in front of his face. And we started writing numbers that way. Um, so it helped with his coordination with his eyes and his hands. Also gave that stability through his core and his shoulders because he was writing upright at a vertical surface. Hmm. So we've talked about visual. We've talked about some strength. Then there is also the coordination piece um, of motor planning. So knowing what to do, planning how to do something with your body, then implementing it, and then evaluating it. So do you know that for, you know, a D that you need to make a big line down and then a big curve? You know, do you know that process? Do you know where to start? Do you know where to end, you know, at the bottom mm -hmm. that you're not just moving along? Can you find that line that you know is the stopping point? So that can be another piece of it. And shaking out all these things of what is the actual problem or what is holding our kiddos back, that can be really a... A struggle. Yes. And then what about the fine motor piece? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you you so, haven't mentioned that as much and that's that tends to be the thing that I hear about the most. Yeah, you hear about it the most, but that doesn't mean that it's the biggest issue. Mm -hmm. So I actually most of the time it has to do more with the 
the core and the and the shoulder strength so that you can have that distal mobility. Um, but yes, there obviously we need to be able to move our hands. So um, if you guys as listeners or if you're watching, I don't have a pin with me, but um, there are some a few things that you can think of just with your hands that can help. One being if you take a pen, I'm just going to use my finger to show, but like if you can take a pencil and move your hand up and down it without dropping it, that's one of those motor skills that you need to be able to take from your palm, your fingertips and move something into your palm and then back out to your fingertips. That's another thing. And then being able to rotate, I wish I had a pencil to show you, <laughs> being able to rotate around in your hand is another. So those are three really easy kind of tests to see, is it a fine motor issue mm -hmm. that my kiddo is struggling with or does it come more from our core and shoulders and the strength stability hmm. piece? Very interesting. Now, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna interject because I had five boys and one girl and mm -hmm my five boys unlike one of my friend's sons who had incredible handwriting it was handwriting mm -hmm. like you saw on the declaration of independence kind of handwriting like chicken scratch no 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 beautiful oh, beautiful okay beautiful okay. and precise wow mm. um that was not my son's experience mm -hmm. at all but it seemed to be correlated with their inability to do buttons, uh, mm -hmm. for example, they were not able to independently, completely independently dress themselves until they were about five, where my daughter was dressing and undressing at one. <laughs> so uh, is there something to that, that there tends to be at least a range of ability with the fine motor skills between boys and girls? Um. I don't know that I've necessarily seen research on the differences in in sex and um, being able to motor skills. However, what you saw was consistency across the environments, mm -hmm. and that is a huge key component in observation. So if you're thinking about a person who can't do buttons or learn to mm -hmm. tie their shoes or mm -hmm. play with Legos, that's a a, you know, when we were talking about there's so many different ways, so or so many different types of issues that could affect handwriting. That's mm -hmm. a key that, oh, it's probably handwriting. I mean, it's probably fine motor skills. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's nothing that I know of that has really tied it to, but you do personality wise frequently see mm -hmm. girls to be um, more willing to sit and right to sit and have mm -hmm. that desire to do some of these precision things but it mm -hmm. is not that i know of that i've seen in the literature okay okay well let's move on and start talking about how we can help our kids develop when they have these issues that are keeping them from um, having good handwriting and mm -hmm. being able to write um, quickly enough. I know that's a yeah. an issue that is very important to me because I noticed it with my kids that their handwriting was too slow mm, to mm -hmm. keep up with their thoughts. And so they wanted nothing yes. to do with it. <laughs> they were just too impatient. And yeah. so I know 
I'm asking you to give us a lot of information so you can just start where you want to. And you've you've talked about some things already, you know, with that core stability mm-hmm. and and the strength. But can you start to give us some ideas of how we can work with our kids? Mm-hmm. So one of the first things that I talk about almost all the time is really Again, you are the expert in your child, um, but talking with your kid about what their goals are is really important and kind of what is the purpose. And the term for this, you know, it really helps to build what we call metacognition, which is an executive functioning skill. It's almost that self-awareness because your self-awareness can breed for self-advocacy. So if you've got a kiddo that you're like, listen, I know that you are a learner that is going to need to write. You know, you can say that you can say what the purpose of this is say okay so we're gonna try to find all these other different ways to build in to help to build these skills that you need for handwriting and talking through that for my son you know we started really focusing in on his core strength like I said um, before we really he loves hockey and he really wanted to play hockey so that helped us to get him to work on his eyes. We ended up in vision therapy and then we've bought all kinds of, it's called the super deaker. It's a, um, uh, you know, a small little fake ice thing and he can track the light on there and hit his puck back and forth with a stick. And now he's, I mean, he's a hockey player now, I think because of these things. So we really, because of that conversation, I could say, you're having a hard time with your vision, you're having a hard time with reading and you're having a hard time with writing. And this also carries over into the other parts of your life. So let's figure out what are the fun ways to address this. Mm. So in the OT world, we call that occupation as a means. So it's really using something that is fun for them to address the skills they need. So if we think back to, you know, back up a little bit and talk about, first we have to figure out what is the main issue. Um, And a lot of times that does take some testing from an OT. Mm -hmm. Also could be looking at um, where else does this carry over into your day? Like when you said for your kids, they were having a hard time with buttons. All right. So it's probably a fine motor thing. We need to focus a lot on that. Or Mm -hmm. it might be coming from their core. We need to focus a lot on that. Let's go Mm -hmm. for hikes and climb and pull on trees and, you know, um, build up our core strength and our arm strength in that manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so one was talking to our children about it and seeing two is observing and seeing where else does this happen within their, their lives or where else are they, is this affecting the things that they need to do? And then we can come up. So mm-hmm. kind of a general term or a general, um, piece of advice for the majority of kids is to write on a vertical surface for a mm-hmm. while to really put something where they can see well. Um, uh, right now, I actually just looked up and I have a, my son, my youngest son now, was tracing a piece of art that he wanted to do. It's taped on my door. So every once in a while, he'll just add a couple lines to it. It's always up there. Um, sometimes for my older son, I talked about the bath math or on that, that vertical surface. Um, being outdoors as much as we can because that encourages them to jump and climb and that's going to build those those core strength um for motor planning you know we talked about that issue a little bit Mm. if you think that's kind of the struggle with for your child um really using or talking through activity during the day so 
All right, we're gonna make cookies today. Um, what do we need to do first, second, third? So that's sequencing. Same thing as start with a big line, then a big curve. Sequencing. Try to figure out, do they know when to start and stop something? So that stirring of the batter, is it sloshing out? Is it not sloshing out? You know, is it mm -hmm. staying in the bowl? That kind of helps us to know, are you able to control those motor movements? Are you using the adequate amount of pressure? So it's not coming out all, if it does slosh out of the bowl, do you stop right away? You know, do you notice that and respond? Mm -hmm. So those are the questions that you can think through when you are looking across their different activities. Okay. And then would you recommend, you know, if I'm telling my son, okay, I want you to spell out bed, B, should I stop and say, now, how do you make a B to test to see whether he has the sequence? Mm -hmm. You know, I know that's a different skill, though, right? To be able to verbalize what you're going to do. Yeah, so that is a definite different skill mm -hmm. um, to be able to talk through what my sequence of something is versus just doing it. Mm -hmm. So I would say start with an observation so that mm -hmm. we're testing the actual skill of handwriting rather than testing whether they can verbalize <laughs> their motor plan. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it might be if you say spell out bed, B-E-D, and you say bed, B, and then you wait to see if he, you mm -hmm. know, how they write the B. If they're not writing the B, big line down, you know, little mm -hmm. curve, mm -hmm. you hear me, I'm using a lot of handwriting without tears um, mm -hmm. language because uh -huh. having a consistent language can also make a huge difference for mm -hmm. kiddos. Right. Um, and I, I happen to really love it for that. I also, um, there's cursive programs that I talk about a lot that can be very helpful too. Mm -hmm. Because with cursive, when you're writing, you don't have to do as much start and stop. So if that sequencing is a problem for your child, um, starting with cursive actually can be really helpful because you just move straight through a word rather than, okay, B, I have to start at the top, big line down, then my little curve, now an E, I have to move over and I'm gonna start in a different spot and then hmm. a D, now I'm gonna start in the middle and then come down. You know, you just kind of roll right through it. So okay. it can be really very helpful for, for kids. Okay. All right. Well, I know you have been mentioning that you have these focus groups. Can you tell us more mm -hmm. about that and how my listeners who have kids who are struggling with handwriting can benefit from working with you? Absolutely. So Homeschool OT is where you find me on um, Instagram and on my website is www.homeschoolot.com. And on my website kind of talks about some of the different focus groups that I have. I run three during the year. One is handwriting, one is executive functioning, and one is the sensory balanced homeschool. So it's all about sensory processing. And during those groups, we spend a whole month, I kind of mentioned that a little bit, but we spend a whole month talking through everything that would go along with that mm -hmm. topic. Um, it breaks it down so um, into smaller tidbits so that it's digestible. Um, and you start with understanding like the underlying issues. And mm -hmm. then we move on to, okay, so what other curriculums or what other products or what other things in the homeschool world could we use to address this? 
And then we look at, all right, specifically what could work for my kid. And I help, um, I have a plan, you know, kind of written out so that everybody can really go through with their own thing. Now, again, it's different with everybody's, mm-hmm. with your person and with your environment and what the occupation is that they need to be able to do. So it really helps to guide the thinking through that. And you're doing it with other people throughout the month. So other homeschool families as well. And I think that's one of the best parts is that we're doing it with other other people and learning. You know, I can learn a I feel like people learn a lot from me, but I also learn a lot from them. <laughs> I know. Sure. So and then we can carry it on and I love, love, love that piece of it. So the next ones I'm doing handwriting next, that'll run the month of September. And then I will be running again, um, sensory balanced will be in November and then we'll do executive functioning again in January. We just go kind of on that that cycle. All right. Well, fantastic, Sarah. I mean, this sounds like a wonderful opportunity for homeschooling families. I know many times homeschoolers are a little reticent to seek out professional Mm -hmm. services because they don't know what the professional's attitude toward homeschooling Mm -hmm. is going to be. And yeah, I know you know. (laughs) And I I mean, and it's a, it's honestly, it's an understandable concern. It it absolutely is. Yes, it is. And so it is just a blessing that you are available to work with families without any judgment of the fact that they're homeschooling, you know, very well all the benefits of yes, homeschooling absolutely i'm in it you know yeah yep. this that's this right world too and that's I right i think homeschooling we just have to remember homeschooling does not mean that we are alone schooling you know we're not doing it by ourselves <laughs> we are not totally responsible for everything for our children um but what we do get to do is build our own teams mm-hmm. and so being able to look for, okay, I, I think I need an occupational therapist to help with this, or I need another homeschool mom who understands this, okay? Or I need to listen to or search out, you know, different um, opportunities for classes online or whatever it is. You get to build your team because you are the expert. It's a, it's a mind switch, and I love it. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Sarah, it is always a pleasure to talk with you. And I am so thankful that you share from your expertise with us. Thank you. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. To find the links to Sarah's website and social media and to a printable I created to increase my kids' handwriting speed, go to homeschoolsanity.com slash handwriting help. Thanks again to CTC Math for sponsoring the podcast. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at homeschool sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.